0: Soccer fans, welcome to episode 94 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. I am here in L.A. for the U.S. men's national team January camp. We will talk about that on a future episode because today, as we record on Friday, January 27th, There's been some news that's come down in the last hour or so that we need to talk about and also some news that happened yesterday that will affect the program that is the U.S. men's national team and also the women's national team. So let's start with the news from today, and that news is that the 2024 Copa America will be held in the United States. It's official. We've had rumors and reports over the last couple of weeks, but now it has been made official it is part of a strategic collaboration agreement between CONCACAF and Commie Bowl that was announced today. So it also includes other competitions, and we're going to talk about those in just a second, but let's focus on the meat, which is this Copa America announcement. The Copa America will include all 10 national teams from Commie Bowl, and it will also include six teams from CONCACAF. And, and the tournament will be co-organized by both confederations. So for those of you thinking about the uh, rule that FIFA has where you know about releasing players, both CONCACAF and COMBIBOL teams that will be a part of this tournament will be able to get their A lineups for this tournament. The 2023 24 CONCACAF Nations League, which begins this fall, so not the current one that we're in right now, that will end in June with the CONCACAF Nations League finals, and then we restart it all over again in the fall. So, the 2023 24 edition of the CONCACAF Nations League will determine who the six CONCACAF teams will be. And this is the big twist. According to Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer, the U.S. men's national team will not get an automatic bid to the tournament as host. They have to qualify like everybody else, and they will have to do it through the next edition of the Nations League. So, while that is something that wasn't expected, most team you know in most tournaments you have the host nation getting an automatic bid, but this time around the United States will not get an automatic bid. But I think it gives them a chance, a, a huge opportunity to play competitive matches ahead of the twenty twenty six World Cup, and if they qualify for Copa America, which in all likelihood they should—I mean, they absolutely should—but in all likelihood they will—it will also give them an opportunity to test themselves against some quality competition, even if we don't get to travel. And that might be the most disappointing part is that we as fans will not get to travel to South America for this tournament. South America will be traveling here to the United States, but it gives this nation, the United States, it gives our world cup sites a chance to test logistics, security, and other details in preparation for the 2026 world cup. So that is about Copa America. In addition to Copa America, as part of this agreement between the two confederations, there are two other tournaments that are going to be affected by this. The first one is the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, which is brand new. It starts in 2024, and it was supposed to be 12 CONCACAF teams. The United States Women's National Team has already directly qualified for the Gold Cup by winning last year's CONCACAF W Championship. Of course, through that tournament, they also qualified for this summer's Women's World Cup and the 2024 Olympics. So the United States are already in this Gold Cup. CONCACAF has now invited the top four teams from South America to also compete in this tournament. Those four South American teams were determined based on the results of the 2022 Women's Copa America. So the teams will be Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, and Paraguay. Those will be the four Combi Bowl teams that will join eight CONCACAF teams. In the 2024 W Gold Cup. Finally, there is a club competition that is going to be created that features the two best club teams from each confederation. It is similar to what we had way back in the 90s, the Copa Interamericana, which was held between the winner of the precursor to the CONCACAF Champions League, the Champions Cup back then, and the winner of Copa Libertadores. Now, that ended in 1998 probably because DC United won against Vasco da Gama, and then they stopped doing it after that. But this is going to be a Final Four style club competition that uh, they hope to play in 2024 and also every year after that. So I think what this is mainly doing is kind of creating a strategic partnership and alliance, essentially, between the two continents in the Western Hemisphere, North and South America. And I think the... Best part about it is again, it will help increase the competition for both the US men's national team and the US women's national team. I mean, you know, Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, all four pretty decent or really good teams. And they will also get to test themselves against the big teams of CONCACAF, that is the United States and Canada. So on the women's side, I think it's great. I think the the one downside is those CONCACAF teams that could have qualified for this, those eight to you know, nine to twelve teams. They now have to compete even further, and there's only going to be eight CONCACAF teams in this tournament when there was originally going to be 12. So it's not where they're going to expand the tournament to 16 teams. They are taking four CONCACAF teams out, putting the four Commonwealth teams in, and I think that's the only disappointment on the women's side is that they don't get to uh, expand the tournament and give more CONCACAF teams a chance to compete against the very best that the world has to offer. But on the men's side, I think this was something that was expected. It was something that was hoped. And, of course, fans hoped that – most fans hoped that this would take place in South America. But even if it's taking place in the United States, having Copa America and being a part of it has to be the ultimate goal. And it leads to uh, what we'll talk about after the break. A lot of things happening at U.S. Soccer, mainly at the top. Coming up, Ernie Stewart out as U.S. Soccer Sporting Director. We will discuss what is next for the Federation after this. We are back and we have to discuss what happened a couple of days ago at U.S. Soccer and It Again, it involves a lot of the leadership at the top. The big story is that Ernie Stewart, the current sporting director at U.S. Soccer, will be leaving on February 15th. He is going to take a similar role with PSV Eindhoven, moving back to the Netherlands where his family is. Also confirmed in that announcement is that Brian McBride, the U.S. Men's National Team General Manager, is also out. He is leaving the federation On January 31st, he had told U.S. soccer before the World Cup that he was leaving the federation, but did not announce it officially until afterwards. So the top two guys, you know, on the sporting side, the sporting director and the general manager of the men's national team, both of them are gone. And with no coach or permanent coach in place, Anthony Hudson will continue on an interim basis. So there was a lot that happened in one press announcement and there was a press conference yesterday involving uh, U.S. soccer president Cindy Parlo-Cohn and U.S. soccer CEO JT Batson. Both of them discussed some of the uh, next steps for uh, the hiring process and what it's going to entail is they are going to hire a sporting director first and from there they are going to then hire a men's national team head coach. They didn't really discuss the GM yet. I don't know where that falls in the Uh, order of priority but the priority is bringing in a sporting director which would also oversee the women's national team program and then getting a men's national team head coach with that new sporting director the issue is on the men's national team side is they hope to have a cindy Parlocone called it kind of a clean slate Uh, That's her words that she put it a clean slate when describing the opportunity and the process of hiring a new sporting director, a new general manager, and now a new men's national team head coach. But here's the rub. They also don't want to rush the timetable. And I guess that's fair. But here's the issue. They said that they hopefully will have a new sporting director in place before the Women's World Cup, which starts in late July. And because of that, there will not be a men's national team head coach before that sporting director is put in place because the new sporting director will make the hire of the new permanent men's national team head coach. It kind of feels like the Federation is punting, uh, at least for fans, punting on the Nations League and the Gold Cup. This is over a quarter of our competitive matches that we're going to have between now and the World Cup. And now, with the announcement of the 2024 Copa America and the fact that the United States have to qualify for it through the next Nations League, which starts this fall, it's possible we may not even have a coach in place until that until that starts. Reminder, that serves as qualification. So we have to have people in place and ready to go by then. Most people would have said, myself included, that you should have had it ready for March Especially knowing that you were going to go through this process and go through this process you should. But waiting until the fall is for a lot of fans is thinking them back to 2018 when we had kind of what fans are have called the lost year. And that was no coach in place. Dave Sirikin was the interim manager for an almost an entire year, over an entire year. And in that it felt like the Federation was just stagnant and the search for a new head coach, we can talk about the process all you want, but this process needs to be transparent. It needs to be out there. It needs to be open, and fans need to know that they are working on it. I asked them directly what the priorities were with all of these, you know, spots to fill at soccer, U.S. soccer headquarters. They're no longer at Soccer House, and they kind of said we'll multitask and we'll we'll figure out how to, you know, make sure everything's moving in the right direction. But the issue is, is that Things are moving right now, and if we aren't moving to hire new people to get these replacements in place, then it's going to feel like another lost year in in the most important soccer cycle or World Cup cycle in U.S. men's national team history coming about. We need to be ready. We only have three and a half years before the next World Cup. We are hosting it. We are now hosting Copa America. We are hosting the Gold Cup. There's a lot of things coming up, and they will not be forgiving. They will not be kind to us because we don't have a, a permanent coach in place. We need to be ready. I think that's where fans are kind of concerned because we've seen this play out before in 2018, and this is starting to look a little bit like 2018. So U.S. Soccer, I know, is on it, and they need to figure out how to remain out in the open with it. All of these things that are doing, hiring Sportology Group to conduct the search for the new sporting director how the sporting directors come in place, who they're looking at, what philosophies are they going to try and instill moving forward? Are they going to try and change the system that's kind of been formed over the last four years with the 4-3-3 and how we play as a national team and honestly as how we play as a program because that has trickled down to the youth teams. All of these questions remain in the air and all of these questions may not be solved tomorrow, but they do need to be solved efficiently, quickly because these competitions the the few competitions that we do have those dates on the calendar are getting closer and closer and they are not changing and yes we're going to Grenada on March 24th we're playing El Salvador on March 27th and then we have Nations League finals we then have the Gold Cup and then now we will have you know hopefully some friendlies against some high quality opponents but also the resumption of the Nations League where we'll have a draw and we'll have, you know, three, two new teams that we'll get to play. This is going to be an important year for us soccer. And they, it feels like to fans, it feels like that they're punting with the coach, which seems to be one of the most important keys to this engine. And I think that's the, the main question is who's going to be the coach, what candidates are going to be considered and, we can consider them all across the board, but here's the thing. The longer you wait, the more opportunity you have for those candidates to get snapped up by somebody else. And we don't want to lose out on quality coaching candidates because we decided to wait to hire a sporting director and those play- those coaches got hired by somebody else. So a lot of questions, a lot of answers that, that will come in the coming weeks and months, but we, uh, I guess patience is going to have to be the key for now when it comes to the new sporting director, the new general manager, and of course, the new USMNT head coach. So that will do it for episode 94 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back very soon. We are still in the process of figuring out the future of the show after the Vox Media Cut. So when we have more information, we will get that to you. Black History Month starts next week. We will have tons of content over at starsandstripesfc.com. So check that out all month long. And if you have questions, or topic suggestions as i mentioned we are still going to be doing this podcast through february 28th and beyond if we need to whatever happens but we can address them on a future show so send them to me podcast at gmail.com that will do it for now so until next time take care